Consensus 1234 invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Marty Sheargold. Good morning, you lot. It's me, Tony Martin. It's the lord of all prizes, Ed Cavalier. Hello. And Marty Sheargold has got up extra early just for us. Oh, and it is early. I hope I'm funny at nine. Uh, I try hard at four, Ed. No guarantees. Tone, thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Welcome aboard, Marty. And I'm just going to jump right in and talk about your acting career. Please do. What's happened to it? It's it's mainly been with you, Tone. (laughs) It has, because I remember uh, when we were doing Bad Eggs. Yes. uh, Alan Bro had a scene where he he had to work with someone he'd been working with for years. Mm. And he said, can I cast that person? Did he really? Yeah. He wanted to cast that person. So he chose an actor, a well-known Australian actor, won't say who. I know who. And we called that bloke up and mm. he said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that. And then like the day before we're about to shoot that scene, mm. that bloke's agent calls up and goes, no, 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 no. He can't be doing that. That's, there's only three lines. Mm. And the, the, the public will think that's the only work he can get. Oh, oh, God, don't see agents muddy the water. And I'm going, but hang on, you don't see George Clooney at the end of Spy Kids saying one line and go, oh, what's George reduced to? Uh, or Sean Connery in the one where he was the knight. <laughs> That's right. What was that? <laughs> first night? First night. First night. He yeah. just rocked in, he got a million bucks. <laughs> there you go. I didn't quite get the million, though, Tone. No, <laughs> no. did you get I anything I at all? I was on e- e- equity minimum. You got to say I, I don't even think I'm a member of equity, Tone. <laughs> no, Is that a problem? Probably wouldn't say that publicly, uh, but you did get to go at the front of the queue for the catering. I did. Bad. It was very good. For the mixed grill. I, I did find the full day call for the three lines a little <laughs> extravagant. Uh, that's the thing about films. You sit around for about six hours. I got to meet um, Dave Graney. Yeah, that's who was right. Learning French from a book at the time. <laughs> it's pretty and much I, typical for Dave. I quizzed him on a couple of French words. I had lunch, sandwich, had a little bit of hot food. Okay. Uh, got on set, poured a fake cup of coffee on myself and said, thanks for having me, Tone. <laughs> Lovely to be here. That's some of my best work. And Marty had no idea what the scene was about and uh, didn't seem to really want to know. No. I don't uh, like to know. But the great thing about that scene is Alan Bro tips a cup of coffee on you. That's right. And then he says something. I don't know what it is. He says something, yeah. Yeah. And that line ended up in the trailer. And that trailer was shown in prime time. It was shown like at like 6.30 at night. And if you listen to it, uh, when he's pouring the coffee and he says the thing to you, you're saying Claire is a bell underneath him. Effing Eldorley! <laughs> <laughs> but not effing. No. And so that ended up going out, probably completely in breach of broadcasting regulations. Well done, Tone. When you, put, you were one of the first people to say the F word during Sale of the Century. Oh, that's br- except for Tony Barber. <laughs> uh, I loved it. And look, that's really, as far as feature film work goes, I, I've climbed the mountain. Yeah. That, that's it for me. But get this, the bloke who, you know, Asian wouldn't let him do it because yeah. it was only one line. Mm. A week after Bad Eggs came out, mm. that shonky film where Dennis Hopper plays Frank Sinatra. Oh, the night we called it a day. That oh, came out. Yeah. And there's that bloke playing a reporter with one line. What an yeah. idiot. So the agent's going, oh, we don't mind doing one line if Dennis Hopper's in the Oh, film. where's he now? I don't know. They're like, where is he now? Wind, uh, windscreens at the intersection. Exactly. <laughs> no, see, it's the jobs you take that make the man. Yeah. It's but, not the jobs you let go. But yeah. then, then, I'm watching the ABC on a Saturday night about two months ago, and there's some um, seriously arty movie called The Forest. That's on right. With Tony Martin. Yes. With the proper Tony Martin. Ex-Wildside. And out comes some woman out of a lift and mm. bumps into a character I think referred to in the credits as Sleazy Neighbour. Yeah. Hey. Marty Shearer. Marty. Bang. I forgot about that one. 
I did that one, Ed. You would have loved it. Did you audition for that? Uh, yeah, I did actually. It's one of the it's one of the only jobs I've ever gotten from an audition because normally, as you would know, uh, your mates give you a job. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I actually rocked up. The director was Joey Kennedy. Do you yes. remember Joey Kennedy? From Starstruck? That's correct. Yes. And that was Anita Hegg at the lift. It right. was another example of an 18-hour call to do four lines, <laughs> a crazy, wacky, weird look. And thanks for having me, Joey. Lovely to meet you. Loved some of your early work. See you, guys. I always make friends with the cameraman. Do you know what I mean? Or some dude twisting knobs. What are you up to, mate? Cool. You, you got a great job. You make friends with all the blokes who need their pants pulling up a bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but what is it? I know you don't like doing a lot of preparation. No. I know it's... It's a big ask to even yeah, get you in here. It is. You don't even listen to the radio, do you? If no, you I'm not heard... a fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of yours, Tony. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, I find commercial radio a bit tough. Yeah. Too many ads. So you've never heard Triple M? You just come in every day, do a bit of I mean, M. I hear what I hear because it's piped through the internal PA. I have right. asked them to take that out of our office. <laughs> You try getting to remove one PA out of the... But who can think with that constant nanger, nanger, nanger going on behind you all day? Turn it down, dudes. Turn it down. Here's one from Nickelback. Bang! I mean, who can work? I love you. Oh, like a paperback number. Seriously, who can work like that? I don't know. Apparently, the whole sales department can. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. As I give them a wave. <laughs> they always love it when I talk. It's they, always flattering. They can't see you. They're innovating and inventing mm. out there. They can't see you because their eyeline is blocked by a huge flag with the word teamwork written on it. <laughs> <laughs> They're working in Lenny Reifenstahl sales department no, out there. So, something is going on in sales. I've seen a man in a suit with a computer telling them all what to do for the last couple of days and the whiteboard's going crazy and they're all patting each other on the back and wearing casual clothes. Something's going on. They've got signs up everywhere saying, change, challenge, invent, innovate. Mm. You will obey. (laughs) (laughs) They've got all those signs that Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper can see when he's wearing the glasses in They Live. Yeah, yeah. We've removed those from the programming area. We we, we just want to keep it simple and the same. That's our motto. Mediocre. Simple. Same. Look, I'm I'm a big fan of the show, Marty, I have to say. Yes. What did I hear you talking about the other day? There was something you've always got some beef with management. I noticed. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's it wears them down. Right. <laughs> One mic break at a time. <laughs> As I lead into my next contract negotiation. <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about that next. Uh, I'll get this. That's Jump Van Halen here at Get This on Triple M. I so wish we could play the Aztec Camera acoustic version of that. Mm, yes. You have to apply in writing for about five years. <laughs> Is that a fact? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> How does that go on your show? Do you have rows about the music with the No, oh, I try not to anymore. I was told not to talk about the music. Yeah, okay. Flat out told not to discuss the music. I'm a big fan of the shebang, which is heard in all states uh, except Adelaide, but of course it was it was on in Adelaide. We were on in Adelaide, but um, in radio parlance, yeah. uh, we had no traction. <laughs> Right. Uh, no, traction. Which, which, no traction is another way of saying Adelaide don't like you. Right. Is it the same as sizzle? <laughs> yeah, sizzle. Yeah, sizzle. It's very similar to sizzle, mm. but it's about grip. Uh, <laughs> and sizzle's often about slippage. I used to work in Adelaide. I used to work with a woman there called Amanda Blair. Yeah. Uh, I did breakfast with her for another company, same company, different channel. And uh, great days. Great people. <laughs> uh, the central market in Adelaide, oh, you can get... From coffee to Chinese broccoli. <laughs> I wanted to have alliteration, but I only got Chinese oh, out. It's too early for alliteration. Yeah. I was listening to the shebang the other day, and uh, 
someone had sent in uh, some kind of complaint about something you said on air mm. and claiming that you were a poor role model for children. That's right. And I loved your answer. You said, I'm not a role model. My private life is a shambles. <laughs> <laughs> is that true, Marty? Is the private life it's, a shambles? It's true enough, Tone, for the purposes of radio. Um is it that sh- woman was upset because I'd suggested that kids punch bullies. Yeah. <laughs> and, Ed, I felt that was fair. That's the only way they'll learn. I mean, if you're going to be stood over, at least get one in. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, you might not get two in, but yeah. at least you can walk away and say so I got one off. My uh, technique, we talked about this the other day, was to draw the Superman S perfectly, yeah. and they were so dazzled by it, they yeah. would let me go. But it, it had to do it real quickly yeah. before the punches started <laughs> raining down. It's a tough ask. <laughs> hey, look... Uh, Speaking of people whose private life is a shambles, Big Brother, uh, we haven't talked about this for ages. No. Is there anything interesting going on? Actually, Nikki, our producer, just turned her mic on. What did you see last night on Big Brother? I saw them smashing Ed's eggs into their own heads. Smashing Ed's Big eggs. Night. <laughs> Big night in the house. <laughs> for you. Wow. When you told me that earlier, I thought you were talking about the sales department again. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of motivational <laughs> exercise to get them to challenge, change, <laughs> invent and innovate. <laughs> but no. Uh, just, I've okay. just been informed Galen is a stripper. That's uh, right, Galen. Yeah, former stripper, He's yeah. just a monkey, that bloke. He's terrible. Have you seen the up late version where there's no beeping on the swearing? <laughs> oh, it's a swear fest. And it's just him hanging off a couch. <laughs> and it's just like a zoo. You're just watching the monkeys in the zoo. It's, it's a crazy show. I duck in and out of it just to sort of, you know, keep abreast of it, quite yeah. literally. <laughs> right. And, um... Well, I don't like any of them. I don't feel like I know any of them this time. Every time I turn the telly on, there's a new gay guy in the house. When did all that start? Well, yeah. th- and do they have anything to talk Can about? You say that, but themselves. <laughs> I say what you like at this time, mate. Um, Is it going on around the world? Don't. Uh, Big Brother UK. Listen to this. Uh, Big Brother uh, Seven. Uh, in the UK, seven, seven. a suicidal Pakistani former gay rent boy, a wow. pop singer with Tourette's syndrome, and a self-confessed porn star who claims to have the biggest breast implants in Britain. That's who they've got. Yeah, well, at least they're putting together a dynamic crew. <laughs> um, there's nothing going on here. We've got Gail and a Gold Coast stripper. Yeah. Uh, 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 who else have we got? Oh, I'm out. The mother yeah, and daughter fake tits. Oh, team. that's right. There was the fake cans. The <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but listen, I like the sound of the Pakistan yeah, this sounds good. guy. He sounds like fun. On Tuesday night, Shabazz Shaldri, 37, unemployed from Glasgow, who had been threatening to commit suicide live on camera since the weekend, walked out of the house. Chowdhury, who claims a colourful past as a transvestite former rent boy on the mean streets of Glasgow, had been acting erratically since entering the house last week, hiding his fellow housemates' food, having temper tantrums and bursting into tears at sporadic intervals accompanied by suicide threats. And I think you can, TV. you can SMS in whether you want him to top himself. <laughs> <laughs> or a line. <laughs> but do you remember, I'm just old enough to remember when the film Network came out. Yeah, Network, yeah. And there was, Peter Finch was the news reader, threatened to blow his brains out on next week's news. That's and right. the reviews said, ludicrously overdone and melodramatic could never really happen. And that's pretty much where we're yeah, at. Yeah, I had a look at Network happening. recently, pretty tame. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not, I've never really quite got the Big Brother phenomenon. And, and I think a lot of it's due to Gretel Colleen. <laughs> And continuing to let her daughter dress her is not cool. (laughs) And what's she doing with her hair? There was some bizarre... She had kind of battlefield earth hair going at at one point. (laughs) She's a crazy woman. Uh, How old is she now, do you reckon? I'm not sure. She'd be in her 50s. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Tone, I'm ruining your show. (laughs) It's impossible. It's it's pre-ruined. 
It was ruined moments before it went to air. Uh, oh, Fief wants me to say hello, Tone. Is now an inappropriate time? No, it's good. How's she going? Uh, she's great. She's always walking through that blue door on the oh, telly. she loves the blue door. Why God. haven't you been asked to go through oh, the blue? Because it's all about her. Right. I mean, my whole life's become about her. <laughs> Really? I can't go anywhere without someone asking me why I haven't done Thank God You're Here. Is that right? Well, the thing is, you've got to be asked. <laughs> well, I, I can't go anywhere without people saying, where's Mick Malloy? Oh, no. Like we're, you know, separated at birth. Apparently. That was my greatest fear of going into a two-handed working relationship because right. it's all about, where's Fee you guys getting it on? Have you pashed her? It's like, man, I'm at the shops. <laughs> Shut up. You'll be told. I don't know you. You'll be told to pash her at some point. Oh, it'll you'll be, be a promotion. You'll well, be called into the production... Uh, office and you'll be told, uh, we want a two-week story arc on the show. You've yeah. got a passion. We'll end up at a Westfield in a giant queen-size bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, y- Yoko Ono style. There's <laughs> Triple M signage around us. Will they pash? Whoa. What else is on the UK, Big Brother? Uh, the early departure of the suicidal Pakistani has left the field open for Pete 24, a singer from Cardiff who was diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome at the age of 14. Pop singer who just keeps yelling out a bit of... Uh, Blue talk. Going to make it difficult. In the middle of, you know, a Rick Astley song. (laughs) Be good. Um, Pete hasn't put a foot wrong uh, making headlines in the British tabloids for being very well endowed, Uh, as revealed after a session with a housemate in the swing pool. See, that's what they want. That's what they're looking for. Sessions in the pool. Session in the pool. When last year's eventual winner on UK Big Brother romped with a housemate in the hot tub, yeah. all the action took place underwater. This year, they have put in underwater cameras. Yeah. Bang. Got around that. You're not hiding under the bubbles. <laughs> Won't get fooled again, <laughs> Big Brother. <laughs> underwater camera. I think the cage did that this morning. Yeah. <laughs> did they? Something to that effect. I was meant to go on the cage, but I got there and I was told... Sorry to people listening in Brisbane, Adelaide, but yeah. I was uh, going on the cage and I was told, sorry, mate, you've been bummed from somebody on the bottom of Sydney Harbour in a cage. You've got to understand go. that. That's, going, bub- that's bubbles talking. Okay, obviously the key was to be on the cage, you need to be wearing a cage. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just going to come in with a Todd and Brand cage on <laughs> and maybe I'll get to play him a little skit. Uh, oh, look, Marty, do you want to stick around for more or have you got to go and start well, preparing? Got, oh, no, I'm, uh, I'm prep free today. <laughs> I, free, I freed myself up. <laughs> prep free Friday? Prep free Friday. Uh, I'll probably go home. I've got it. Actually, I've got a house inspection at 11. <laughs> Uh, I've really got to get home and run a cloth over that bathroom. (laughs) Well, we'll try and play a song long enough. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be Blunty. Blunty. Triple M. Those three wise men, they've cracked a semi by the sea. Uh, It's Get This on Triple M. Marty Sheargold is with us. Thank you, Tony. Uh, What do we want to talk about here? Have you been... uh, What about Todd and Brant? The Brant and Todd. Uh, Did you watch the Channel 9 thing, Tony? Yeah. Well, you and three million other people, as it turns out. What did you make of it? You know, what about the I movie? loved Tracy Grimshaw's lips. That was a highlight for me. She appeared to have been laminated shortly Gosh, before the broadcast. She's on fire at the moment. Isn't she? She's on an emotional roller coaster <laughs> because the, she's obviously she covered it off from Beaconsfield with the uh, with the whole thing unfolding in front of the cameras, and then of course her old colleague Richard Carlton passed away yes. tragically whilst mm. covering the story, mm. and then she gets the exclusive to actually do the interview with the two miners. Mm. Big couple of weeks. Yeah, and the talk of a movie now. With Tracy in it? <laughs> well, who will play Tracy? And I know this is a tasteless, so I, I don't mean to bring it up for a joke, just for real, will someone be playing Richard Carlton in the film? Will that be a subplot? It'd have to be. You couldn't. Mm. Oh. Are you available? Yeah. I mean, if it's only one line and I have to be there for a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, uh, Tone, speaking of Shaft of Hope. Oh, you Shaft of Hope. This is a film that we're... Festival. Festival we're going. We want people to make their own Todd and Brad movie and send it in for the website. We've had our first uh, entry. Really? Yep. Uh, Hasm the Artist has uh, sent in a 28-second trailer for Shaft of Hope. Is it good? It's great. We're going to put it up on the uh, up on the website, mm. and uh, it finishes with the line, you got to get us out of here. <laughs> it's great. It's Seems great. like it's a natural s- ending here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's got slow motion. It's got a camera kind of like looking up into a, a small sort of shaft of light and a shaft of hope. Yes. As they say, their light. It's great. Mm. Is this for real, Ed? Yeah. yeah. A film festival, Marty. TripleM.com. Absolutely. <laughs> Follow the links to get, get this. this. <laughs> Why am I doing that for you guys? <laughs> Just do, whose job is that? <laughs> we don't have now. anyone. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't got that far down the track yet, Well, buddy. we'll pre-record that in the future because I won't be saying it again. <laughs> okay. You just fire it off when you need it. But you've got to give the listeners the information, Tony. I know. We need more promos. You That's do. what we need. We need more. Because, you know, did you... Well, between, between the cage, you, Mick, us, Spoon Man and... <laughs> Paul Murray, who could get a promo on the station? <laughs> the only thing they talk about is the music. they got four million faces, but none of them are mentioned. Don't mention the talent. Don't mention, but mention the bands. How do you know you don't even listen to the station? I know there's a monkey that picks the music, <laughs> and I've never met him. But promos, we've got to start going like Channel 9. You know, yeah. they had their ambulance chase promo. Yeah, mm. we need promos. And then they had, this is like watching Todd and Brand. First is the ambulance chaser. Then the second ad break, it's tune in to Tracy Grimshaw a week for behind the scenes of the Todd and Brand interview, which hasn't even finished going to air yet. No. And then there was one of these fancy-ass kind of heritage promos. Mm. It's sort of Channel 9, a history of great moments. Oh, yes. And it's showing this and a bit of that and this famous thing we did. But then it's got bits from the Todd and Brand interview. While it's happening. What That we're actually watching. I mean, they don't even bother to wait for the show that's in the promo to finish. It's unbelievable. I mean, how does that work? You haven't even finished watching the show and they're doing a promo about how great it was. Watching the show. And there's bits in the promo of the show that haven't even gone to air yet. It hurts my brain. It hurts your brain to think about it. I don't want to think about stuff like that. I like a nice, honest timeline. But obviously that's working for them. Yeah. Must be. So I'm thinking maybe we need to do a promo like that. Ah, the good times we've had on Get This. I know you don't like doing a lot of preparation. No. I know it's a big ask to even yeah, get you in here. It is. You don't even listen to the radio, do you? No, you I'm not heard? a fan. <laughs> so many special memories. So you've never heard Triple M? You just come in every day, do a bit of I mean, I hear what I hear because it's piped through the internal PA. I have right. asked them to take that out of our office. <laughs> Sheer gold is right. I used to work in Adelaide. I used to work with a woman there called Amanda Blair. Yeah. Uh, I did breakfast with her for another company, same company, different channel. And uh, great days, great people. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a pretty memorable 24 minutes. I mean, they don't even bother to wait for the show that's in the promo to finish. It's unbelievable. With so many more timeless moments to come. (laughs) It's Talkback Mountain and, hey, what's the weirdest place you've had sex? But I don't understand how could we be doing that at this point of the show because... We haven't actually, we haven't actually done that up to this point. It's Ford promoting Marty. But how would we? What example would we give if we haven't done that? Come on, Marty, just give it some sizzle. You're not really doing. Where have you had sex? 
You're, oh. not, you're not really asking that question, Tone. This is 20 years of FM history. And call now on 13353. You're not really playing Brian Adams. I got my first real six strings. Yeah, there have been so many classic moments that are yet to occur on Get This. i, I, I got to be honest, I'm genuinely confused. I don't know where we're at now. Just give him a carrot, Marty. Just something that'll keep him hanging in till 10 o'clock. But what? how would I do that when I don't... Just anything. Give us something. All right. Here's something to look forward to. Why don't I do a trumpet solo out of my ass? Take it away, Mr. Music. Here he goes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you would put music over this bit, I would imagine. Yeah, there'll be music over this when it goes to air. This is going to be weird if there's no music over this bit. You're hearing it just as it happened 14 minutes from now on Get This. Take us up to the break, Marty. Oh. Get This. I will see if there is anything we can do. I'm not sure there is. For Census 1234 on Triple M. My brain is still hurting from that promo. Uh, but this is our job here at Get This on Triple M. What is your job? We want to hear about it next on Talkback Mountain. Yeah, that's the Mac here at Triple M. It's Get This. Marty Sheargold is with us. Let's get straight into it. Yeah, Marty's as baffled as everybody. <laughs> Bit of production time. <laughs> What's that about? That's the theme to Talkback Mountain. We've been playing it for eight weeks. We still have no idea what it means. It's good. I liked it. It's been put together well. You've got good people, Tone. <laughs> Looking through the papers, what about Tarek Aziz? He's on trial in Iraq. Mate, get out of your pyjamas for court. <laughs> I mean, for se- seriously, yeah. if that's not a smoking jacket, I've never seen one. <laughs> Ridiculous outfit. It's a swab. It's obviously Mufti Day. Mm. Hang on, every day would be Mufti Day mm. in Iraq. Mm. Where's my canned laugh when I need it? Yeah. Uh, what about your job? That's what we want to talk about. Oh, yeah. We want to talk about what sort of job you got. Because look at, listen to this for a nutty idea. Her face is one of the most famous in the world. But lovers of Leonardo da Vinci's masterpiece have never known what the Mona Lisa sounded like. That's oh. true. Until now. The world's leading acoustics expert has used state-of-the-art technology to recreate the voice of the woman with the enigmatic smile 500 years after her death. Oh, Based what? on but what? Yeah, exactly. The shape of her face? That's pretty much all he's working from. The painting itself. Dr Matsumi Suzuki, who has identified Osama bin Laden's voice and solved murders using voice printing technology. Solved murders? Yeah. Just by checking out people's voices. Jeez. He's used the woman's physical features, as seen in the painting, to work out how she would have sounded. He and his team then used voice synthesizers to record a message from her. As well as another from Da Vinci while oh, he was there. He's just making it up now. <laughs> yeah, now it's, hang on. Oh, it's a two for one deal. How's that for a job? Working out what the Mona Lisa's voice would have sounded like. And if we, I think everyone should just picture the mm. Mona Lisa for a moment and mm. work out what kind of voice you'd like to hear coming out of it. What about this one? My family would describe me as a psycho bitch, a bimbo, a show pony. I use my looks to get what I want all the time, to get into clubs, to get the boys, to get the jobs. Is that the Mona Lisa, do you think? It is to me. I mean, stop the study. Put the pens down. Good work. Take a day off. What about this one? Some people, by looking at me, just think I'm a skank, but I'm not. I'm a leader. I hope people at home have got a picture of the Mona Lisa. (laughs) Get out the Da Vinci Code paperback and just look at it and imagine her saying this. What really annoys me is if Dad forgets the chicken on Fridays. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's someone from Big Brother Marty. I knew it was. Will her lips move as her voice is <laughs> yeah, it's uh, being projected? The, you know, the yeah. sort of Monty Python look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a job. I mean, that is just... He, yeah. He's made himself... Basically, he's sat down and gone, what can I do for a living? <laughs> I'm going to be the first guy that predicts what people's voices... I'll start with the Mona Lisa. <laughs> And I reckon she sounds like this. Oh, what frustrates me. Oh, country people, I can't stand them. Oh, that woman is annoying, <laughs> whoever that is. Yeah, that's not the voice of the Mona Lisa at all. Maybe this is. I'd like to hear all the nice Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the go. Any, what, what would you like to hear coming out of the Mona Lisa? I was thinking just then, if once they get the voice right, yeah. then surely there's a market for her to do like a read the Da Vinci Code, like books on tape. What a great <laughs> idea. The Mona Lisa. What Mona Lisa idea. reading the Da Vinci Code. That is brilliant. <laughs> That'll sell. And what a success that film's turned out to be. Oh, uh, have you seen it? No. <laughs> but I've read some reviews. Ed's seen it. What do you think, Ed? It's terrible. Terrible? Yeah, and people laugh at the last line when like, the big twist is revealed. People yeah. laugh. They laugh their heads off. Ron Howard taking himself a little too seriously yeah. by all reports. But yeah. what is the problem? What is the deal with... Uh, it's just all explaining, isn't it? Every one of Audrey Tattoo's lines is, What is that? Can you explain that to me, please? Yeah. That's all she does. And then she looks shocked for a few minutes. While Tom bangs on. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a bit of running about. Yeah, a bit of running. Then someone kills a monk. And then everyone laughs. But everyone likes the book. So what's gone wrong with the film? Well, it's a pamphlet, you know? <laughs> it's a, pam- <laughs> it's a, a pamphlet. It's a pamphlet. It works. As a book turned into a movie, it's but it, too it much. But it shows the pulling power of Tom Hanks that it can do the business that it's done it's in true. its first weekend. Yeah. America loves Tom Hanks. They do. And Ron Howard. And the Mona Lisa. And the Mona Lisa. Why should she have a female voice? Why not this voice? I'm invincible. I'm paying money. Uh, the girl's happy. She's got no money. <laughs> I got my rocks off. Oh, how good is this? I never get sick of hearing that. <laughs> oh, God, love him. What love a it. silly man. What a crazy man. I love Who, how he pauses in the middle to think about it. Yeah. He goes, I've, she's got no money. She's happy. She's happy. <laughs> Everyone with no money's happy if I've got me rocks off. <laughs> Marty Sheargold describes his private life as a shambles. Yeah. Uh, when can we expect some kind of Rex Hunt uh, revelation ah, from you? Mm, That'd well, be good. I'll get you into a meeting for that. There's a story arc. <laughs> who, who, who's to say it hasn't happened already? <laughs> but unlike Rex, I understand the definition of prostitution. <laughs> being that if you give somebody money for sex, you are using a prostitute to... Two one, hello, Rexy. Money for sex equals prostitution. A crazy man loves his fish and chips. I guess that's a wacky job. Is that what we're doing today? Yeah, let's talk wacky jobs. What do you do? You ever had a strange job, Tone? Oh, look, a strange job. Yeah. Well, I used to do typography, and oh, I you did too. And I you know that from your book, chopping up individual letters you with a like razor blade. And What's I remember called, Tone? Uh, what's called kerning. Putting, putting all the letters, making sure they work as a team, that, as my that, typographer instructors. That's a great bit of trivia, kerning. But, but it's all done on your computers now. Oh. But in our day, you had to get typesetters and you had to get the, the words in. You had to chop them up with a razor blade. And I remember we had to get an ad into the New Zealand Herald by 5 o'clock. Oh. And it was 10 to 5. And me and two other blokes were crawling around on the floor <laughs> of the art department looking for a single full stop. <laughs> like the size of a micro. Because it was the pre-computer era. That is a wacky job. What, you know someone, don't you, Ed? Yeah, these guys that I went to uni with, mm. uh, they lived out in the share house, a little bit far out of, uh, out of Sydney. And the way they were making money is the CSIRO were paying them to take, like, to 
defecate into a bucket and give it to them. Is that a fact? 400 bucks a week. For testing. 400 yeah. bucks a him. What was money. the output? They, they just, they just, the CSIRO would give them new buckets each week and they just had to fill them and bring it's them in. It's truly a crap job, Tone. <laughs> hey! What time is it? That's a new show on Channel 10, I reckon. Just yeah. lock the CSIRO locking people in a house and who can fill the bucket first. Yeah. It's simply called poo in a bucket. <laughs> Well, that is... A, do you know anyone with a bizarre job, Marty? What about oh. you? Aren't you a former explosives expert? I was, briefly. Really? I, I was heavily into pyrotechnics for Van Halen's first tour. Uh, is that right? It's yeah, true. It, was, uh, it was a big show, Flash Pots. Basically, Flash Pots. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, Flash Pots. When in doubt, bang! No, when in doubt, ladies and gentlemen, please make them feel welcome. Van Halen, bang! But it's in... You don't, you don't want to shut the mm. back of Van Halen. You've got to get that and then uh, bang. Oh. Uh, and a lot of amateur flashpot people will will they'll they'll what, the what, they'll, yeah. they'll go early they'll go early, um, and it's a ter- it's a sin in the world right. of flashpots to go early. Uh, who yeah, was uh, the lead singer at that time? That, at that stage, it was David Lee Roth. David Lee it Roth pre Sammy, because then it was Sammy Hagar, and then I think uh, Peter Luck did a season. <laughs> a very very short stint. <laughs> Uh, Ed Cavley has a bizarre job. He's the king of prizes. Oh, whoops. And there's yeah. been a bit of trouble. <clears throat> hey, no, 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 Ed, I'm going to help you out. Oh. Maybe the problem has not been the prizes themselves. That's what I think. Maybe the problem has been the prize music. Okay. Maybe you need to go down the seductive part. Oh. <laughs> no, so let me just set you up for it. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the king of prizes, Ed Cavalier. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Today, you are playing for Puberty Blues. How about you treat yourself to a little stadium Arcadia with those red-hot chili peppers? That crap video of the 2004 premiership (laughs) that I can't give away, it's yours. My copy of Lolita, the Vladimir Nabokov book, which I've just finished. Pages turned down. Is it Nabokov Friday here again? It is. (laughs) And polish that off with two double passes to see Poseidon. (laughs) The most fun you can have underwater. Beautiful position, Dave. You're not going to be on today, tonight anymore, I don't reckon. (laughs) Uh, Give us a call and tell us, what do you do? One triple three five three. It's Snow Patrol. You're all I have here again. This Marty Sheargold is with us, and uh, let's baffle him with that sound again. That means it's Talkback Mountain. And Lucas is first. Hey, Lucas. How you going? Talk us through your crazy job. I make ink. Ink? You make ink? Yes. Do you milk squids? Yeah, a couple of times. Oh, you just wring out a squid into a bucket? Is that how it works? Yeah, no, not, not quite. How does it work, Lucas? What, uh, what's involved in making ink? Uh, by the way, I love your work, Marty. I love yours, mate. Well, <laughs> um, what little I know of it. <laughs> um, putting solvents or water and you have dye and things that make it spread and things dye. that make it um, no. thicker and thinner. Mm. Dye. Then, well, see, now, as soon as you said dye, I just went, of course, that's how you make ink. <laughs> Prior to the word dye, I actually thought it would, could have been squid-related. <laughs> so, the, worst, the worst part about it is putting little bits of plastic together and then having to glue the top of the lid and then put the lid on it, then put it in a bag, then put a label on it, so it's a bit, oh. bit tedious. Yes, yes. It's more complicated. And how many pens do you knock out a day? Four, five? How many what? Pens. 
pens. <laughs> oh, you not you don't. Somebody else does that. Yeah, just... I think they'd have about a half a mil of ink, and they make about four hundred liters a day. So. Wow. Yeah. How much of that do you drink? <laughs> hey, see what I did? I asked you how much. <laughs> you no, drank, okay. no, I get it. I get it intravenously. Marty oh. just. I love how Marty just looked at his watch there, yeah, going just checking if I've signed on yet. <laughs> I think uh, thank you, have. you, Lucas. Hello, Nola. Hi. Hi, Nola. What's your job? I'm a pet afterlife carer. Ah. What, is, what does that mean? That means I work for the pet cemetery. Ooh. All right. Do you, oh, right. What, <laughs> is that an in, embalming kind yeah. of thing? No, that's a cremation more than anything kind oh. of job. All right. So well, we come in and pick up your dearly deceased pet and have it cremated and um, put in an urn and deliver it back to your Nola, house. Nola, what's the biggest animal that you've cre- cremated? Um, at the crematorium, a miniature horse. A miniature right. horse? How miniature? Yeah. Was it oh, a... well, big. Like <laughs> the size of a dog? Bigger than a dog. And how long, how many goes does it take to get that down? Is it like cooking and chopping a toaster? <laughs> you got to stand there for half an hour? It's actually a human-grade crematorium, so we can right. take something as big as a person. Right. But you, you prefer a miniature horse. <laughs> yeah. Do you often and, then, t- and we've done we've done axolotls, guinea pigs, axolotls. Do you often get the axolotls, the dead axolotls, and just do a little puppet show just around the office, just for your <laughs> own no, amusement? That that would be very disrespectful. No, no, right. Sorry, that's no, right. That was a test, Nola. That was a test. People are grieving about their dearly beloved pets. That's of course right. they are. Mm. Be kind. Do you have a lot of humorously shaped coffins, like real long one for a snake, <laughs> anything like that, <laughs> like a pool cue holder? <laughs> Okay, so guy rocks into a bar and opens it up. There's a dead snake in his pool cue. Bang. What I love is Nola is keeping a straight face, as well she should. Yes. yes. Thank you, Nola. Uh, hello, Paul. She gets a prize. Oh, yeah, she'll get a sweet prize. Yeah. Uh, Paul. Yeah, morning, all. Yeah, hello. What's up? Um, yeah, my, my job's fairly boring, but my father's, um, he was a private investigator. Oh. And yes. the weirdest job that he ever told me he had to do was investigate Mark Latham. Oh, Ooh. hang on. Yeah. Um, what about... Um, yeah. <laughs> without going into too much detail, he was, yeah. my father was employed by a bunch of businessmen. This is before Latham became the federal member of Insanity. Uh, yeah. um, just investigating him to find out if he was legitimate or you know, if he had any shonky dealings. Right. Oh, so my father was up trees and down drain pipes and <laughs> all sorts of things. Offering him watches from a coat. Offering watches from a coat, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Looking uh, through some eye holes cut in a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Fantastic. Well, Thanks, Paul. You've got to screen I, those people before they get the top Yeah, job. I, I get the feeling we shouldn't ask about the particulars of that case. No. But, uh, can I just ask, Paul, does your dad have a theme uh, song? Uh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't, like, sit in his car and have this going. <laughs> See, if I was a private investigator, I would do nothing but drive around with this all day. Yeah, just have it on loop. Look, it's Latham. Get up down. that tree. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Paul, what were you saying? Part about it, my father never actually drove a car. Oh, what? Really? He, he was walking the beat. Yeah, well, pretty much. Or he had people. I, I used to drive him for a while myself. That's great. He never, never drove a car. What sort of private investigator <laughs> gets his son to drive him around at work? Oh. How did he do stakeouts? Just um, well, he'd, he'd get driven there and then left there and then get picked up later. Wow. Jesus. It's, it's, hard. There by it's, hard, it's hard to be incognito when you don't have a car to sit in. Uh, thank you, Paul. Greg. Yeah, g'day, guys. How you going? Good, man. Talk us through it. That's the way. A girl that I used to work with, uh, she actually used to 
get semen from roosters. Is that a fact? For what purpose? As uh, work uh, or pleasure? I think to inseminate chickens. I, I don't know. Oh, right. well, so the roosters can't do that themselves? It's got to be <laughs> oh, a middleman? Well, <laughs> a, a middle lady, yeah. Jeez, a, that... a bit of hand relief for a rooster. <laughs> and, and beautifully said. <laughs> you put I'd it like that. I think that's the big twist on this week's Big Brother at 6.30 <laughs> on Sunday. Sending the I roosters. I think that's the Friday night games, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> and what a show that is. <laughs> Galen would be good. Oh, okay. You get the Puberty Blues DVD, Greg. Oh, fantastic. I think you'll appreciate it. Uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's I'll tell you what. That no. was brilliant, Tom. Getting a good prize out of Ed Cavalier, it's like getting semen from a rooster. <laughs> Isn't it what? <laughs> hey, if we, uh, if we already, you know, I think it's almost time for your show to start, but I hope it's not. I think that's how far we've got over today. There it oh, is. Oh, we have to go straight into there the Ed views. Fair enough. Oh, well, look, we, there was so much we didn't uh, get to talk. We've had some um, response to our movie show yesterday, oh, yes. Ed. Listen to this. That Lockie Hume sure is one cool, sexy, funny dude. I love you, Lockie. You rock. Tony? Well, he ain't as bad as they say. And the other guy? Piss week. And that's from Lockie Hume. (laughs) (laughs) He's genuinely emailed us in with that. He loves it. Uh, Thanks, Marty. Anything you'd like to flag or forward promote from your show this afternoon? Um, Haven't uh, had a look at the new weekly yet? Haven't had a chance. Uh, (laughs) Monday night magazine night. Okay. Um, I haven't... I couldn't honestly tell you, Tone. Thief will be there, so that's disappointing as always. All right. That's in all states except Adelaide, but a fine replacement. And a big shout-out to the Adelaide fans of the shebang. (laughs) Thanks for nothing, dude. <laughs> would have loved to stay in that town. We would like to thank everybody who works on this fine program. Our sensational producer, Nikki, yeah. Maddie making the sketches to Law Lowers, the overqualified Mr. Marsbar on the buttons, Katie on the phone's not here today. Well done. Something wrong with the dog. Yeah, well, That'll whatever. be segment one on Monday's show. <laughs> Hello to all the knob jockeys around the network. Ed Cavalier, pleasure as always. Pleasure with you, Tony Martin. And what was our key phrase today? Did we have one? Semen rooster something. <laughs> Semen rooster something. <laughs> and we will be back on Monday with Peter Rosethorn. Yeah. And it's all thanks to our friends at Census 1234.